Tonight is the night. It's the long-awaited night when the baby is born. And, and you know this, when a baby is born, one of the first things you do is you name the baby. Now, for Rachel and I, think about it. For us, when we had our first baby, we had to find a name for this precious little girl that sounded good with our last name, which is Dummit. Yes, I said it. That's my last name, Dummit. And I remember Rachel said, hey, let's stay away from any D names like Debbie or Donna, because she thought it would sound silly to have the first and last name start with D. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense until I'm like, hello, my name is David, right? Uh, And she looked at me and she goes, oh, I I assure you, it only applies to girls' names. So listen, okay, whatever. I I couldn't be mad at her because she just delivered this little bundle of joy. You know, sometimes we pick a name just because we like the sound of it or we don't like the sound of it. Or we pick a name because it's a a family tradition. Maybe Maybe you're named after your father or your mother. Um, or you've named somebody after an aunt or or a grandpa. Uh, some people are named after famous people or or Bible names. Somebody in the Bible. Sometimes people pick a name, and you hear it, and, and you're like, "What were they thinking?" There's a buddy of mine that that put together this list of the most unusual boy and girl names given to kids in the state of New York in the last 20 years. Now. I'm going to give these to you, and I'm going to tell you, they're real names. Check this out. Here here are the boys' names. Abyss. (laughs) Amen. That's probably a preacher's kid, right? Here's one. Andrews. Now, note the apostrophe, as if the mother is trying to remind somebody of who the father is. Uh, There was Apple and Blade, and Charm, and Confession, which, love to know the story there. Uh, There's GQ, must have been a good-looking kid, right? There was Go, Godly, which, talk about pressure growing up with the name Godly. Um, There was Infinite, uh, Knight Sir Lancelot, which I'm not kidding, that was real. Uh, Stalin, Stallone, Truth, and unique, spelled this way, but then also unique, spelled this, well, unique way. Uh, Those are the boys' names. Now, let me give you the girls' names. Alaska, beautiful, beautiful, which is beautiful, but in a strange way. There's boat, chaos. What were they thinking? Naming a little girl chaos. Chevy, which, you know, sorry, Ford and Dodge, but her name is Chevy. Uh, Choice, there was Dynasty, Galaxy, Promise, Sin. Who names their little girl Sin? Sparkle, Tangerine, Tequila, uh, Unique, which, by the way, there were 15 girls all named Unique. So think about that. There was Wednesday, and then this last one, a little girl named Z-C, and I don't even have a clue about that one. You know, interesting footnote, my friend said that 50% of parents surveyed said that for a million dollars, they would legally name their child stupid. Now, how'd you like that, have that on your driver's license? I mean, somebody says to you, what are you, stupid? And you're like, well, actually. You know, in Bible times, they would never have named their child a silly name because back then, a name was a person's 
destiny. That's what they believed. They, they believed it was a way of directing how their life would turn out. And, and, and in the Bible, we have the story of the angel appearing to Joseph and Mary and telling them that they're going to have a baby and they're supposed to name him Jesus because it had a meaning. It meant God saves. And Jesus isn't Jesus's only name in the Bible. People had been working on names for Jesus for centuries. Um, maybe you've heard this passage from Isaiah at Christmas time. It's real popular. It's in Isaiah 9, 6. And listen to this. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, here are the names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, these names of Jesus were, were picked for him prophetically. Get this, over 700 years before he was ever born. During a time of incredible chaos for God's people, they were, they were in trouble with the Assyrians. They were fighting the Babylonians on, a, on another front. Um, they had um, really a, a bad leader, Ahaz. He, he was a bad king. He sacrificed his own son. The Israelites, they needed hope in this season. And prophets like Isaiah had been promising that help and hope were on the way. They'd been saying that somebody would come, one who would deliver the people once and for all. And, and he used these names to try and describe what that Savior, what that Messiah would be like. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of peace. Now, uh, what do those names mean? Let's start with the first one. Wonderful counselor. Uh, my guess is that, that most of us hear the word counselor, and what comes to mind for us is a therapist. Somebody, uh, you lay on their couch, and uh, you talk about your problems for a while. But, but when Isaiah prophesied 700 plus years before Jesus was born, a counselor was something completely different. It was a position of rank and status. It was, it was used to refer to those who stood behind kings in high-level cabinet positions, like an advisor, like someone with great power. So when Jesus is called counselor, it isn't describing him as the best therapist in the world. He's not just a you know, way better Dr. Phil. It means he's actually supposed to have a high-level position in our lives to, to help direct our lives. If he's the counselor, it means that he's calling the shots. He's handing down wisdom. He's making the plans. He's guiding us. Listen, are you facing any big decisions right now? You need some wisdom on how to handle, uh, how to handle things in life? Have you ever, you ever thought, if I could just talk to someone who's been there, done that, who could give me a little guidance? Guys, that's Jesus for us this Christmas. He's a wonderful counselor. Now, how about the name Everlasting Father? You know, I read some heartbreaking statistics recently that 50% of kids grow up in the U.S. not living with their father. Uh, one study showed that the average dad spends just seven minutes a day with their kid. Can that be true? But guys, Jesus, he's different. He's our ever-present, everlasting Father, our consistent, caring, compassionate Father. 
You know, there was a sign out in front of an old country church one day, and it read, we care for you. Next line, Sundays, 10 to 11. (laughs) I guess about an hour is all they could handle, caring for people. Now, I hope that was a mistake. But the truth is, even the best church can only care for you some of the time. Even the best friend can only be there some of the time, the best boss. And yes, even the best dad can only care for you some of the time. But Jesus, our everlasting father, wants you to know that you are always loved and cared for. If you don't get anything else today, get this, that you matter to him. He cares about you. He loves you. He's interested in what you're interested in. You know, I love the verse in 1 Peter 5, 7 that says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know what that tells me? That Like, does God care about your health? Yes. Does he care about whether or not you make rent? Yes. Does he care about your grades at school? Does he care about how you get along with your family? Does he care about whether you're, in a, uh, whether you're a success or, or a failure in life? Does any of that matter to him? And the answer is yes. He's an everlasting, caring father. How about mighty God? Now, I love this one because it reminds us that Christmas is just the beginning. It's the beginning of the story. You know, Jesus grew up and and he began teaching about how to connect with God in a way that no one had ever heard before. Uh, And he performed all kinds of miracles from changing the weather to healing the sick to to raising the dead. And And then he died a horrible death on a cross for our sins and then did something that no one else had ever done. He himself rose from the dead. Now, what do you call someone that can do all that? Someone who's got the power over life and death? I'll tell you, you call him mighty God. Jesus came to bring hope to our hopeless world by being God in the flesh. Mighty God, but with us. Now, this last one, there's a popular name for Jesus at Christmas time. It's Prince of Peace. You know, the Hebrew word for peace, many of you know it, is shalom. And it's got a lot of meaning, connotation packed into uh, uh, the Hebrew language. And, and, and just listen to all that's packed in there. Uh, shalom means completeness. It means wholeness. It means health, peace welfare. All this is packed into this word, safety and soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord. Guys, the the, the people of Israel longed for that kind of shalom, so much that it became their greeting. Shalom, brother. (laughs) You know, ah, shalom to you as well. It was the greeting that they used back and forth. They wanted to keep that concept in front of them at all times, always having it in their mind. You know, in the 1500s, there was a a London monastery that became a hospital that eventually they turned it into an an insane asylum. People um, could actually pay admission in order to go there and verbally abuse and heckle 
the, the inmates there. It was horrible. Uh, St. Mary of Bethlehem was the name, eventually shortened to Bethlehem. And sloppy diction and the local accent led the facility to be pronounced Bethlehem. The, the word bedlam has come to refer to the cacophony of sounds and the ensuing confusion that characterized that insane asylum. The Bethlehem Asylum started out as a quiet place for sick people to live out their days in peace. But it developed over time into bedlam. The first Christmas in Bethlehem was anything but shalom. The government had called for all people to return to their hometown so that a census might be taken. So what was normally a small, quiet town was now abuzz with hordes of extra people. It was crowded. The traffic was bad. Long lines at the stores. No doubt people were getting edgy. And yet here comes Jesus who brings shalom in the midst of all that chaos. Hey, is Christmas time a raging storm in your life this year. May Jesus be for you, Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. Things chaotic at work, family demands weighing on you. Jesus can bring peace in the midst of the chaos. He's the Prince of Peace, Sar Shalom. Well, you know, I'm new around here, but I've heard it's a Willow Creek tradition to sing Silent Night during our Christmas Eve services. And to not just sing it, but to take it as an opportunity to tell the people in your life that you love them, that you see them, that you care about them. Whether you're at one of our live locations or or watching online, over these next few minutes, I just want to encourage you. I know sometimes we can get so busy. This time of year can be so chaotic that we can get to the end of the season and, and really just forget to express how we feel to the people that we love. And so I just want to encourage you to to really take this time to see the people around you. Send a few texts, jump on a FaceTime call, send an, an email and let them know, hey, I see you. I'm grateful for you. Um, and that hope is alive this Christmas. And his name is Jesus. Wherever you're joining us from, I, I just want to wish you a very merry Christmas.